The content provided in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as financial advice. We are not making recommendations, nor are we providing financial analysis of any kind. We are self-proclaimed morons and should not be trusted with your investments. Always conduct your own research and consult with a qualified financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Welcome to Stock Gamblers from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I am George Howell. And from Wallingford, Pennsylvania, I am Chris Carbonara. Hello, you beautiful Hello. people. Hello. <laughs> Good to be back. I've, uh, I've missed this show. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I missed this as well. Um, um, just glad to be alive at this point. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm over all of the, uh, eating too much and drinking too much and mm-hmm. all the normal holiday things, uh, swarming yourself with people nonstop. And I've, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I, I pretty much, uh, stopped following all stock market news completely for yeah. the weeks that we were gone. And I feel, I feel dumb now cause I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I, I did a little bit of that, but, um. I, what I mostly did was absolutely nothing, which was awesome. <laughs> I, I work in education, so I am off the week between Christmas and New Year's. And I think I may have put pants on once in that <laughs> in like six or seven days. Um, not all of it was uh, laziness. We we did both. My wife and I did both get sick over the break. So we had to deal with a little flu type thing. But uh the rest of it, yeah, it was just laying, us laying around. We did make one little trip into Chinatown in Philadelphia after a huge storm, and it was um, a good time. I had this flaming cumin lamb that was like, shh, it was really good. Oh, my God. Oh, I love it lamb. Awesome. It's probably uh, lamb and duck are probably my favorite proteins. Yeah. I, uh, lamb, yeah, I, I uh, definitely uh, am envious of that. We, it really upsets me living in Hershey. There are no decent Chinese restaurants anymore. There, there used to be a couple, and um, the the last decent one just shut down. So if I want Chinese now, pretty much the only option I have is to go buy it in a grocery store, really? which is never, no. never great. I never even so, heard of a Chinese restaurant going out of business before. <laughs> oh, I know it's ridiculous. Every every decent one we have will they'll. They'll do something like they'll they'll add delivery or something like that to to get the market, and then once they're feeling comfortable, then they just stop giving service and uh, wow. start slowly disappearing and wondering where all their business went, and huh. and then they disappear, and then I'm stuck not eating really good food anymore. So next time they come to Philly, we'll go to Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that that's one of the reasons why I really like going to the shores. There's a good Chinese restaurant there. It's one of the only times I can get Chinese. Oh man, that place is amazing. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, they really are. So sorry you were sick. 
Well, it's okay. It looks like you had a lot of fun. I was following. Um, you're not on the uh, the meta or the Facebook, if you will, but uh, your wife is, and I was following you. I'm stalking you, actually. <laughs> and, uh, I saw you were at a Hershey Bears game. Yeah, and I, I am I am on the meta. I just never log in. <laughs> so uh, I really hate social networking, which, uh, uh, you know, that is what it is. But, uh, yeah, went to uh, this past weekend, the Hershey Bears had their annual teddy bear toss. And if anyone doesn't know um, what that is, it usually makes like ESPN whenever it happens. But uh, the first goal that the Bears score, everyone throws a stuffed animal onto the ice. And, um, you know, people throw tens of thousands of stuffed animals every year. And I, I, we always look forward to it. My, my wife and I have, uh, gone to everyone since we moved back to Hershey, except for last year. Mm -hmm. And last year was a huge fluke because the bears got shut out. So, um, no one, (laughs) no one threw their bears, uh, and everyone got really upset and were really poor sports about it so i was really worried about going this year because i didn't want anything like that to happen uh and, and all the bears that are all the stuffed animals that are are collected are donated to the children's miracle network so when um kids have trauma and they're stuck there they they give them the stuffed animals that are thrown on the ice so um ripped apart by skates and <laughs> sticks well it's they hard. stopped the game for it but yeah i know i um, but, uh, I was really worried that the bears were going to get shut out again or, you know, something really stupid like that was going to happen and uh-huh. people were going to be dicks. But, uh, this year the Bears scored in like the first five minutes of the second period and they, um, they collected 74,599 stuffed animals. It was Whoa. crazy. That's it was like 15, 20 minutes of just nonstop people throwing teddy bears or stuffed animals onto the ice. <laughs> and my, uh, my wife got tickets from her boss who gave them to us. And he has like really good seats that are like seven rows off of the ice. So nice. everyone throwing from the second, uh, story were, you know, they couldn't make the ice. So they kept on hitting us and we had to keep on throwing. Nice. It was awesome. <laughs> them up and throwing them back down. So they were yeah. just kind of like, yeah, but they uh, I was thinking of you cuz they the, the Bears played the Phantoms. Um uh, the I, they're now the uh um uh Lehigh, Lehigh Phantoms which is the farm team for the cat, for the uh for the Flyers. So Right. It was but like you versus me. Hershey Bears, Hershey Bears used to be the farm team for the Flyers years ago. Yeah, before the Capitals, they were well they went back and forth a couple times. It went what between the the Flyers and the Bruins and then Flyers again and something like that. It it jumped back and forth and the Capitals got them. It's weird that it seems teams can do that. Yeah. I just think it's weird. Well, it, there's been a big push in hockey for the um the NHL team to own the AHL team mm-hmm. and and the Bears keep fighting that because her, they're owned by Hershey Entertainment Resorts. Right. Which is your old boss. My old boss, yeah, Hershey Park, uh, that whole conglomerate. Um, so the the caps keep trying to pressure them into selling the team and Hershey won't do it. And good. Good. I don't blame them. I mean, they're the they are the oldest team in the AHL. Yeah. And they always have a big drawing. They have a, a huge following. They're 
Yeah, there was almost 11,000 people at that game, which is unheard of for AHL. And AHL crowds, they're a little different. different <laughs> they the really are. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're really mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we should just get into it, I guess. Um, okay. I'm going to hit some stock news here. How about that? Does that sound good? Sure. Oh, we're waiting for the queue up the music. It is not working. So, uh, okay. the Dow Jones Industrial Average's recent decline is largely attributed to a significant drop in Boeing stock prices, which fell 8.2% to a six week low. The decrease occurred after an incident involving a panel blowing out of a Boeing 737 9 Max plane. The nature of the Dow as an involved as a price weighted index means that high price stocks like Boeing have a substantial impact on its movements, contrasting with market capitalization weighted indices like S&P 500 and NASDAQ, where Boeing's influence is less, less pronounced due to its market cap rating. So they brought down the whole Dow. That's amazing. They did. Um, yeah, you Deserve kind of skipped so. ahead a little bit. We we didn't do the recap, but that's okay. We, we can were, jump I right into the story. We we're going to skip the recap. Who's the producer? Oh, What's going nope, on? Sorry. <laughs> Who's in charge here? Who's in charge I had here? a technical difficulty, and uh, and then because of that, you're uh, you're hijacking the show. We retooled the tool. All right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this uh, I, I was actually thinking about using Airbus for one of my picks, not to be, uh, uh, you know, morbid or macabre about the situation. <laughs> Uh, but Airbus is a foreign stock, so it makes yeah. it a little hard to to add to it. But uh, this is like now at the point of being shameful. Yeah, that Boeing is having all of these issues after they had the horrific <laughs> issues of two planes uh, taking all of the passengers up to heaven. So, um, I man, I this is not the company that my father worked for. This no. is incredibly shameful. This. I'm I'm really glad that my dad did not live to see this incident here yeah. after after the last two. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand. I don't understand how that even happens these days. Um, checks and balances yeah. and everything. It just seems like it, it's if anything, it's just laziness or or complacency. But how could a company be complacent that it just had that thing happen like five years ago? You know, and and I mean, ultimately, I a, a problem with the whole system because as everything revealed um it was it was self check self report quality uh -huh. control so uh yeah it uh it, it something something now needs to change this now yeah. needs to be regulated this is completely unacceptable absolutely now that everything works we'll get into the recap since mid-December 2023, the stock market has experienced a variety of notable events and trends. Trends. Uh, the S&P 500 performance is uh, approximately two-thirds of the S&P 500 companies posted positive returns in 2023, with top emergers being NVIDIA, Meta Platforms, and Royal Caribbean. Tech oh, sector highlights such as NVIDIA saw share skyrocket nearly 246% in 2023, largely due to generative artificial intelligence. Recession avoidance, despite fears of recession policy actions and a strong labor market, helped avoid the downturn. However, future economic challenges remain 
<laughs> and uh, there's been a gold surge. Cryptocurrency has uh, seen a substantial rise again. And some companies like Kazoo and JD.com uh, face significant financial uh, challenges. So that's about it for the uh, recap. Nothing that anyone really missed. Everyone takes off during the holidays anyway. Exactly. Jumping back into stock news. Amazon.com Inc.'s share of online orders surged in the last two weeks before Christmas, reaching 29% of global order volume, up from 21% during Thanksgiving and Black Friday. This spike is attributed to Amazon's investments in fast delivery, appealing to last-minute shoppers who prioritize quick, reliable services. Amazon's logistical capabilities and rapid delivery especially through its Prime subscription program, have become key advantages in competing with other e-commerce companies and retail giants. Carbo, did you order anything from Amazon in the yes. uh, the last two weeks before Christmas? I did, and I got to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. Um, Amazon, for years, has always delivered their things when they say they're going to deliver them, uh, always on time. I had uh, at least two Christmas presents that arrived. Um, when you ordered it, it said, we'll arrive by December 22nd. And then you placed the order. And then a day later, it's like, oh, this one's going to be delayed. I'm like, wait a minute. I already <laughs> placed the order. Now you're saying it's going to be delayed. Yeah. So, come buy my product. <laughs> I screwed right. you. Yeah. I guess what? Well, you're not going to have it for Christmas. Just show them the picture. But um, it's it, it's just so weird because it's like, oh, yeah, I need something you know, innocuous. Like, oh, I need tissues. Oh, we can right. deliver that the same day. Oh, okay, great. You know, and then you order something else and it's like, oh, that'll be three weeks. It's like, there's no rhyme <laughs> to it. The one child present that we ordered from Amazon, the yeah. one said we were going to get it by December 21st and come December 24th, it was still doing the, uh, your delivery has been delayed Yes, and it's like, okay, well, we don't need this anymore. And then, and then we cancel it before it even gets to, you know, gets to being mm -hmm. shipped and uh, they still send it and then we still have to go out of our way to return it. So uh, thank you, Amazon. Not very convenient, is it? <laughs> the U S securities and exchange commission has ruled that Apple and Disney must allow shareholder votes on proposals regarding their use of artificial intelligence. These proposals followed by the AFL CIO call for reports on the company's AI usage and ethical guidelines. This decision challenges Apple and Disney's stance on AI-related ethical issues, contrasting with their argument that such proposals are ordinary business matters not requiring shareholder input. Uh, I could see why. I, I could see that being important. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Um, yeah, I, I, man, companies. Do you do you get a lot of uh, proxy votes for for your uh, your shares that you yes. own? Do you participate in those? I have for a few, like I think Shopify was one that I did. Okay. And and I forget there's one other one, but most of them I just toss. Because <laughs> I, I participate in every single one of them. Oh, yeah. And and uh, man, it is unbelievable how shitty some of those uh, questions are treated. And and they always try to give you like the dummy cheat guide where the, the company oh. wants you to vote whatever way. Like it'll be... Uh, do you do you elect Chris Carbonara to CEO? 
advisor advised yes or something you know something like that and um you know it's always like we want to um you know should should benefit packages uh be three years which i always think is like voting for you know a judge or something like that where they're out of terms but uh should should judge whatever be retained for an additional four years or something like that where where like oh so uh, the the trick isn't like do you want to elect this judge? It's it really translates to should should this judge be given an, an additional illegal term? <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, this AI thing where companies are trying to uh, obfuscate or or not really uh, be transparent with uh, their use of AI and ethical issues, which ultimately to me comes back to um, are we going to cut employees and stuff like that? Right. I really think they, they should be transparent and, and do what the shareholders want. Exactly. I mean, I agree with you. Starting April 1st, CVS Health Corp will remove Abby V's Inc.'s Humira from its commercial prescription plans, favoring cheaper biosimilar alternatives. The decision by CVS's Caremark unit marks a significant shift in drug coverage and is, is expected to considerably reduce Humira's sales, which reached over $21 billion in 2022. Patients will be transitioned into biosimilars with assistance, and the move is projected to save more than 50% in costs compared to 2022 prices. That is a great word, biosimilars, I, not generic. I swear, I was similars. I was totally fixating on that too. I was waiting for you to finish <laughs> to say, "Whoa, that's like an uncoupled coupling or whatever that was." That's right, a conscious uncoupling. A right, conscious uncoupling. Right. Yeah, CVS is consciously uncoupling from Humira. A Humira. I mean, their their ads are on constantly on on like MSNBC, on Fox News, on a few of those. I see Humira all the time. Uh, I you should guess, not be taken if allergic to Humira because you would know. Right, you would yeah. know if you're allergic before you take it. I've always wondered that when they say that. So not, <laughs> right. Take this if you're allergic to it. Well, no shit. Do <laughs> <laughs> not should, jump off this cliff if you're allergic to dying. Should discontinue immediately <laughs> if given uh, blood clots, strokes, or explosive diarrhea. If your heart stops and your brain function ceases, please discontinue use. <laughs> All right. Consumer optimism about the U.S. housing market is increasing with a significant portion now expecting mortgage rates to drop in the next year. Fannie Mae's home purchase sentiment index reflected this optimism, showing a rise in December due to these rate drop expectations. Despite this, overall sentiment remains cautious, with a majority still considering it a bad time to buy a home and sellers also feeling less optimistic about the market. So you're being recorded. So this is on record for right. the no one that will go back and rewatch this later. Right. Are interest rates for housing going to drop this year? Significantly. No. I don't think so either. No. Yeah. Like, like from what it raised over the past year. No. Cause we're, we're what, ballpark like, I yeah, we're ballpark like what? 6.5% right now on the low end. Yeah, I think I think that's probably about as good as it, it's going to get. But I six percent was a good mortgage rate, so <laughs> that's how I was going to say I when I was a kid, like eighteen was like yeah, what what it 13. was, you know, like 
like 6.5% was what I think I was originally what I was buying my first house at in 2015. So the fact that I got three, five a little over a year ago was insane to me to begin with. So six and a half, like uh, it's nothing to really complain about. Right. Right. I think the first time I refinanced, I, I bought my first home in 1998. And uh, I think then it was like 6.75, something like that. And then we refinanced to like under five. And then, um, I'm sorry, it just popped up on my screen. Totally. You have a message. Shut up. <laughs> You've yeah. got mail. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, then we bought a new house and we refinanced only a couple of years ago, like ridiculous, like three and a half or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm never now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to die in house. this house. <laughs> mm -hmm. One way or another. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna give up my three and a half percent when the neighbors smell me. <laughs> <laughs> Saudi Aramco announced a reduction in crude oil prices to all regions, including Asia, its largest market. In response to weaker global oil prices and increased production from non OPEC countries, the price cuts for various grades of Saudi crude, including Arab white, are set against regional benchmarks this move follows a summer rally driven by saudi arabia's production cuts but the fourth quarter saw significant declines in major crude benchmarks this pricing strategy comes amid broader market dynamics including geopolitical tensions affecting middle eastern petroleum flows arab white sounds really racist doesn't it i can't oh, believe I that's a product ask, is that the same is that same arab but less calories that's what i want to <laughs> Is it um, a diet Arab? That's, that's I don't know. That's first. Yeah, I, I can't believe that. I can't believe that's the name of a crude oil product. That uh, that, that's. <laughs> I don't even have any more comments for that. <laughs> Recent attacks by healthy rebels in the Red Sea have disrupted international oil transport, leading to an increase in U.S. petroleum exports. The U.S. Energy Information Administration reported a significant weekly rise in exports, indicating a shift in shipping strategies to avoid Red Sea risks. This change has made U.S. oil a safer and more cost-effective option for European customers, as U.S. crude trades at a discount compared to the global benchmark Brent crude. Buy U.S., baby. Make Ronald Reagan happy. Right. I mean, hey, we, we got the oil to sell. Come on. Forget about it. Come buy our oil. <laughs> so the Houthis are attacking so many ships now to steal everything that a lot of ships are being escorted by naval, naval vessels mm -hmm. that yeah, are going through the Red Sea. Yeah. Yeah. Now, refresh my memory. Who are the Houthi rebels? Do you know? Because oh, are they... They're not part of Hamas, are they? Is that the Middle Eastern, or is that more? No, I I want to say that they're Iraqi. Okay. To the Google machine. Oh, Yemen. Yemen. Sorry. Yemen. Okay. All right. Okay. Um. Yeah, and, and apparently the big secret for uh right now with the Biden administration is that Biden is producing more oil in America than any president has ever produced. And he can't brag about it because it would eliminate his own base because Democrats don't like oil. So <laughs> I, I, I just find I, that to be a I, hilarious I, paradox. It's like, it is, it is, it's a paradox. 
That was my that was my Chico Chico Marks. Hey, it's a paradox. <laughs> Buy a duck. Why not a chicken? <laughs> I'm lost. Where are we? Okay. All right. After a 27 year partnership, Tiger Woods and Nike have ended one of the most significant endorsement deals in sports. Throughout this long-standing relationship, Nike supported Woods even during challenging times in his career. The split follows Woods' switch to different footwear for stability after his 2021 car crash, and it opens questions about his future endorsements, considering his continued influence in golf despite reduced tournament participation. This is a big deal. Like It might not sound like a big deal, but this is a big deal. A ridiculous like it's not, yeah i mean it it's not michael jordan money but uh um <laughs> with all the negative news that nike has been having and and uh leadership being in question i think this here really puts nike up under the microscope for investors i, I yeah i could totally see that i think the, the only thing leader. worse would be like michael jordan saying hey i'm out i'm going to under armor or something like that yeah. you know then they all start jumping ship. Right. So Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company has announced a partnership with Gatic or Gatic, a self-driving trucking company to integrate Goodyear's sightline tires into Gatic's autonomous fleet in the U.S. and Canada. These advanced tires provide real-time data on vehicle weight, distribution, and road conditions, enhancing safety and performance for electric vehicles and self-driving cars. This collaboration represents a significant step in the adoption of high-end tire technology in the evolving transportation sector. In so the interview cool. in this article, uh, they were equating this to being like an octopus where each tentacle has its own brain, which is what this yeah. tire is supposed to do for trucking, uh, oh. where the tires will provide real-time feedback to the the car's computer so mm -hmm. it, or i'm sorry for to the truck's computer so it can adjust um the, the rotations according to uh what's happening with the wheels i immediately think about the waste involved because <laughs> i mean now you're putting a computer on each tire <laughs> and right. and tires are like the number one cause of microplastics in the 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 water stream are but they? uh yeah i i did not know that yeah, just from driving, the invisible stuff that you can't see rubbing off of your tires. Yeah, so, worse uh, than like micro, you know, the skin stuff. Worse than that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. From, from what I from what I've heard, yeah. So, I I just think, oh, great, more waste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amazon's trade desk and Meta platforms are highlighted as top picks in the internet sector for twenty twenty four by a stifle analyst who anticipates strong digital advertising growth. Key focus areas include Amazon's margin improvement and new ad formats, Trade Desk's market share gains and Meta's development of Reels and the AI Initiative Advantage Plus. Stifle maintains a positive outlook with buy ratings and increased price targets for Amazon and Trade Desk, while Meta's target remains unchanged. Trade Desk has been up, has been like in the news a lot in the last couple of years. I don't even know what they do, but they are a favorite of Motley Fools. They are always talking I, about Trade Desk. I was just going to say, I have no idea what they do at all. 
they must have recommended him at least four or five times though in the last five years. <laughs> well, you know, I, and miraculously, I didn't buy them. So, yeah, yeah, I see that they're pushing uh, companies that have already lost money on. So I, I still take Motley Fool with a grain of salt. Okay, PepsiCo and Carrefour are in a public disagreement over the termination of their business relationships. Meow. With each claiming to have initiated the split due to a dispute over pricing. PepsiCo cites its decision to stop supplying Carrefour's European stores after failing to agree on a new contract, while Carrefour attributes the decision to PepsiCo's unacceptable price increases. This conflict highlights the challenges in price negotiations amidst rising inflation, with both companies standing firm on their positions. I love this fight. We won't sell to you because we don't have a contract. We won't sign the contract because your prices are too high. Right. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Everyone's prices are too high. No, oh, what are you going to do about it, right? Just deal with it. You ever right. walk out of a store and go, nah, prices are too high. No, you stay there and you buy what you need to buy. Although I did make a smart move. I was in the pet store yesterday. Oh, sorry. My fault. <laughs> no, I was in a pet store and there were, Pet food was four dollars a can. I went down the road where it was two seventy eight a can, and I was like, "Yeah!" So that was my big win yesterday. <laughs> you uh, you feed your animals wet dog food or wet and dry? Okay, yeah my uh, my varmint only eats wet, and uh, it's ridiculous. But we uh, we buy it for like a dollar a can, which is still ridiculous for a nine pound animal. But what are you gonna do? One can will last three days because I don't use the whole can. So, oh, I go through like a can a day. Well, you mix it with the dry. You know what I mean? Like, so she has dry and wet kind of mixed together. Yeah, right. I have I have a nine pound dog. She has she uh her teeth are dog. tiny tiny little things, so she can't eat dry food. Little princess. <laughs> oh, it's sweet. And now it's time to play Roll Them Dice, the game where we pick five random companies and we decide on the fly whether or not we are going to add them to our portfolio. Mr. Carbonara. Yes. What do you think about Seagate Technology Holdings? Seagate Technologies, I assume they are the Seagate that designs all the hard drives and all that kind of stuff for computers. I like them. I'm going to say yes. Okay. Put me on a W. Oh, a, a Y. I will also go with Seagate on this one. Next up, Halliburton Company. Thumbs down. I'm avoiding Halliburton. So Just I do good. have to ask. Uh, I know that you love your uh, your fossil fuel. Is this a Dick Cheney thing? Uh, yeah, actually it is. <laughs> um, um the fictional Dick, the fictional Dick Cheney from the movie with, um, what's his name? Um, Christian Bale or that was amusing, but that's not the real Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never saw it. I never saw it. Watching. Uh, I, I, um, I'm not as big into the fossil fuels as you are, and I also do not like Dick Cheney, so I am going no on Halliburton. I also don't think they're going to make a huge profit right now. They've done a lot of other unseemly things, too. (laughs) They're not just oil, are they? Uh, I'm sure they're involved in everything else, too, but... 
Uh, Monster Beverage Corporation. Nah, I can't get behind Monster. You, I can't like either. Monster? I mean, no. I I um I used to. As a product, to, I don't like it. But also, it's a saturated market. Very saturated. Even though they were one of the ones who really started pushing it, uh, Red Bull was one of it's the saturated. first ones I was aware of. Um, no, to me, all of this is reminiscent of Jolt Cola. <laughs> So, uh, those are the ones that really started pushing it, but somehow Red Bull took off and I, uh, I had been known in the past to occasionally, not often have a, a Red Bull and vodka, which is a horrible idea. Um, but I just don't get the whole energy drink thing. Uh, I don't know if that's cause I'm old and I'm a coffee maker or what, but I, I just don't like all the crap that they put in it. So definitely no. It tastes terrible. If they made one that actually tasted good, I might be into it. But it's just nasty, like yeah, overly sweetened, like cotton candy, not in like a natural flavor or something. It's just disgusting. Yeah, why why drink that when you could just drink a bunch of Mountain Dew and have all your teeth fall out? Or like you said, coffee, right? Or coffee, <laughs> I love yeah, coffee. like I do. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings. No, no, I'm I'm strongly against cruises. Even after Royal not, Caribbean went up, I, I mean, I know I should think of it financially, but no, nah, I'm going to say no. Still, I do not like cruises either. Every member of my family, every single member of my family, loves cruises and keeps trying to get me to go on a cruise with them, <laughs> and it is absolutely not my my father-in-law even went so far as to buy us a gift card to go on a cruise with him. And uh, fortunately for me, <laughs> uh, that trip just didn't work out. Uh, COVID ruined that whole thing. Um, but I, man, being a prisoner on a boat <laughs> and, and like watching how they treat people with neurovirus and COVID and all that other stuff so that you can get the Epcot Center version That's of whatever like country you're going to visit. Just does not do it for me. That's my biggest fear. That's my biggest fear. Not getting robbed, not getting thrown overboard, or, <laughs> right. or being Shanghai, getting a stomach flu or stomach bug, being stuck on a boat. Oh, do you? The entire, the entire ship gets sick, and they lock you in like a prisoner, so that you have to poop over the railing oh, <laughs> after God. the toilets get all backed up. You know, like no, no, not at all, not for me. No, thank you ever. <laughs> You come down here and chum some of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Relevant to our uh, last or one of the last stories, Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Is that me? Yeah. Where are we? Whether you would buy Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I would never that. invest in Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company, but based off of that last story, I'm going to try and ride the wave. Okay. So, yeah. this is a good opportunity to talk about. Uh, it is a new season, and it is a new start to our stock market game. Yes, it so, is. So, uh, uh, we will be adding all of these picks as well as our own and whatever thing we come up with throughout the week to our portfolios in our virtual market, which uh, brings us to our Patreon plug. Hey, stock gamblers. Ready to up the ante on your investing journey? Join us on Patreon 
As a patron, you'll get exclusive access to our bonus episodes where we dive deeper into the risky, high-reward world of stock market gambling. That's not all. You'll also be part of our close-knit community where we share extended shows and behind-the-scenes content. Plus, your support on Patreon helps keep us uh, helps keeps the podcast running and the investment ideas flowing. So don't miss out. Become a Stock Gamblers patron today, and let's ride that market roller coaster together. Patreon.com backslash Stock Gamblers. For our extended show today, after this show ends, for our Patreon members, Carbo and I will be talking about Elon Musk and all of the recent accusations about his illicit drug use and his response. So I'm I'm looking forward to that freeform conversation where we can uh, talk some jive on uh, on Elon Musk. And it will actually be the one of the first times that you and I have ever discussed drugs. So I think that it um, it'll be a good opportunity. I think so too. That um, that uh, that will definitely be something worth talking about as i am unclear on your opinion on drugs And now we'll check in on the experts and analyze their picks. Carbo, Motley Fool. Uh, for our first pick, our buddies at Motley Fool. Service Now, listed on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker symbol Now, specializes in providing software solutions to businesses to streamline manual processes with digital workflows, enhancing employee productivity. Their Now platform offers modules for IT professionals to accelerate digital transformation, assist employees in automating tasks, enables app development using low-code programming, and facilitates better interactions for customer service and sales professionals. The company boasts over 7,700 enterprise clients globally, with approximately 85% of the Fortune 500 companies among them. ServiceNow has exhibited consistent profitability under CEO Bill McDermott's leadership, with pre-tax income more than doubling 2022 levels. Their software stickiness is evident in high renewal rates and increasing spending from existing clients. Leveraging generative AI, ServiceNow aims to enhance user experiences and workflow automation, positioning itself for future growth and a potential $20 billion in annual sales. However, Concerns include potential setbacks in the AI space, competition from rivals, and its current stock valuation, which is relatively high. Nevertheless, the company is seen as well-positioned for growth, especially in the AI sector, and has enjoyed strong returns in recent years. ServiceNow's stock is known for its volatility, with a beta of 1.30, making it a potentially rewarding but riskier investment option. Mm, software stickiness. <laughs> All right. Uh, for Barron's, AstraZeneca's stock may see recovery in 2024, buoyed by expectations of double-digit earnings growth driven by a diverse drug portfolio, including high-revenue medications like Phyrexia and Lymphaza. Despite challenges in 2023, the company's broad pipeline, including potential breakthroughs in oncology and other areas, positions it for growth. 
The stock is currently considered undervalued, trading below its five-year average, offering an attractive investment opportunity compared to its peers. Do you think the five-year low is due to how they botched COVID? Um, how did they botch COVID? Uh, in Canada, AstraZeneca was one of the, uh, one of the vaccinations that you could get like Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson here. And J and J had similar situations where it just wasn't as effective as they thought it would be. And you had to get backed up by another vaccine by either like, uh, Moderna or Pfizer or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't really know that. Oh, that explains yeah, that. I'm uh I'm personally not feeling AstraZeneca. Do you what about uh for you with ServiceNow? Is that one that you think could go somewhere? Um I was thinking about it until uh, until I got to the part where it said it's currently um trading higher or, or uh, that thing, you know, they uh Right. Yeah, you can you can hope to like jump on that. right before the the press makes the stock rise for a little bit, and right if you miss that, back. then you're gonna you're gonna crash with it. Yeah, exactly. It only took me about twenty different opportunities before I learned that. It looks like we're looking at picks right now. I'm going to start off with my two picks of the uh, first program of 2024. So for my first pick of 2024, I'm going to go with a company called McKesson. This distribution company partners in the medical field to deliver drugs and supplies to pharmacies and healthcare facilities. It's up over 22% for the year. And although their gross margin is a paltry 4%, they do move a lot of product. So once again, if you're Using a platform that allows for partial share purchases, then the $481 price tag shouldn't be a problem. Okay, now for my second pick. Um, don't laugh at this one, but earlier we were I was talking with George prior to the show starting, and I was intrigued by um, Berkshire Hathaway's single share price of five hundred and. 50,000, so a little over half a million for one share of Berkshire Hathaway. So I'm only going to pick up two or three shares, but um, kidding aside, I think I want to, I'm just curious. I want to put like just $5 in, just five, and see how that goes over the course of the year on a $500,000 a share stock. Just has me very intrigued. You know, Warren Buffett obviously knows what he's doing. I don't know. Why not? Throw five, 10 bucks at to Berkshire Hathaway, see what happens. So to add to your picks for the virtual game, I assume you'll be buying class B shares of Berkshire Hathaway because uh, you, you don't have enough money to buy the class A shares. If you will, if that, then yeah, I'll, I'll do the class B. The class well, B is what? Like yeah, it's the same company. Uh, right, yeah, it's like 350 or so. So right. Berkshire, they, um, they have class B shares, which they'll occasionally split, which is why it's up to like, 350 or whatever it is hovering around right now. Uh, but they won't split the main one, which is why it's a half a million a share. Um, <laughs> I've had, <laughs> I've had some of their class B shares before. Well, I've had fractions of their class B share before and, and 
did okay. I mean, I gained some value, so it, mm-hmm. it it's pretty stable. I don't blame you. That that's a pretty good pick. Okay. Well, gee, thank you. <laughs> All right. So you got for, some picks for us, George? For my pick, I'm going to go with Intel. Um, I think that the market lately, um, I, I think that they've been underestimated for a long time. Everyone keeps getting in on doom and gloom with Intel, talking about how they keep underperforming or they, they continue to miss expectations. Um, I, uh, I don't think that they're going to miss out on AI. I think they're going to compete with NVIDIA and AMD. So that, uh, raises my hope. Uh, they just made the, I, I think they made the keynote and, um, announcement for CES where they, they said that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping to jump in on this and ride the wave up a little bit. I think there's going to be an immediate rise in their, in their stock. And I think over the next couple of years, they'll probably rebound from all the uh, alleged turmoil that they've been under. So I, I think this is a good point for them to get back in the game on chips. I was considering pushing Tilray again, um, not just because I own it, but uh, the stocks dropped down to uh, just about $2 a share right now. Um, and they are the fifth largest craft brewing company, I think, in, in North America, which I, I think that that is an opportunity for value. But the reason why I'm not pushing it, because now is an excellent time to buy being at $2 a share, is because um, and part of the reason why their stock went down is they had their quarter um, earnings report this uh, today. And um, they are unclear on whether or not they're going to be in the black after just slightly missing that margin uh, with this past quarter. So um, I am not recommending Tilray, even though I, I think that's an excellent spot. And I am I am going with Intel. Yeah, um, I think uh, one of the platforms I use um, had where you can forward questions to um, to them, uh, Tilray, for, for their earnings. Oh, wow. And you get to look at the questions and upvote which ones you think. were. And there were so many people that were saying, their one question was, when are you going to start making money? <laughs> when are you going to start <laughs> right. making money? <laughs> a lot of investors want to know. Right, right. That was like the number one question was, when are you going to start turning a profit? And it's really funny because I, I was looking at their part of their report and um, what they're contributing to their not being profitable includes the um, the drop in price for for cannabis. Um, mm-hmm. and, but also uh, in that report, I saw that some of their grow spaces, they're, they're currently growing vegetables in, which I, I think is pr- pretty innovative because if you... If you can't make your money in cannabis, then grow something else that is going to bring money in. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen vegetable prices in Canada. They are outrageous. Really? Oh, for sure. I, I remember, I ha- I don't remember the last time I paid any attention on produce. The last trip I made, I didn't really go to the store. But um, our one friend was complaining uh, right around before COVID how she had bought a head of cauliflower and it cost $8. So that that was years ago, and it's like, wow! I don't know how anybody can afford any of this. Dang, what's that here? Yeah. Like two bucks? Man, like four times. I don't price. know. I don't really buy cauliflower, so oh, I, we eat it like once a week at least. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I hate it. it. Roast it. It's okay. Whole, like Brussels. It's totally different when you roast it. As okay. Bowl, I'll, I'll take your word for it. The whole house smells like yeah. <laughs> I, I try to grow most of my vegetables, but uh, winter is always a hard time. But I did start growing yeah. hydroponic peppers and tomatoes, hoping to get some luck out of that. So. I saw that. Your setup looks pretty awesome. And we'll talk more about hydroponic vegetables on the extended show. Thank and you for joining us on. <laughs> thank you for joining us on Stock Gamblers. Stock Gamblers is hosted, written, and produced by Chris Carbonara and George Howell. Special thank to uh, thanks to our Patreon supporters like Don Riom. You make this show possible. To write to us, you can email us at stockgamblershow at gmail.com. We are also available on YouTube. We may be streaming live next week, next Tuesday at 6 p.m. And you can, uh, you can uh, go ahead. You can find out more information about our show at stockamblers.net, including where you can subscribe to our podcast and where you can provide a one-time donation. If you find value in our amazing show, please consider joining our Patreon. We just five dollars a month just five dollars a month please consider joining our patreon you can help support us and gain access to our bonus content as well as test your stock skills by playing against us in our own virtual stock market exchange thank you for listening and keep gambling, keep gambling. and kill swell This has been a Winning Moon production.